Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Everything that you see outside in the world is also inside. Allah created man as the one creature that contained and, ma and was capable of manifesting all that Allah created. So, if you look outside and you look at the animal kingdom, for instance, you see things like worms and like sheep and like crocodiles and like deer and like bears. Many different kinds of animals that have many different traits and ways of acting. If you've ever watched crocodiles, and there's certainly a lot of occasion to watch them now because there's a myriad of shows on television about crocodiles, you'll notice that a crocodile's um, main purpose is to eat. And he really doesn't care what he's going to eat as long as he gets something to eat. And they're quite vicious in the way they go about it. They even eat each other. Well, if there are crocodiles in the world, there are also crocodiles in men. And you will run into men who are like crocodiles, whose main purpose is to destroy. Crocodiles, male crocodiles, will even eat the eggs laid by the female crocodiles. So they have to be very careful to hide them and keep them away from them, or the whole line will be destroyed. And this is the interesting part. They don't care. They don't have a conscience of what they're doing. There is no conscience. And there are men like this. There are men who have no conscience. There are men who just do things because they are connected to their nafs, their lusts, their needs, their desires, in such a strong way that there is no modifying um, experience. There is no modifying externality that somehow stops it. Uh, sheep follow, and they follow without a modifying factor. They just follow, and whatever goes in front of them, they follow. Um, they did an experiment once with uh, a caterpillar, and they the caterpillar is called something like uh, 
the following caterpillar. And they found that these caterpillars, when they dropped from the trees, would get in a line and just follow each other. And they experimented and put the caterpillars in a circle, and they found that they just continued to go in a circle. So there wasn't like there was any specific purpose. It was just they wanted to get close to the behind in front of them and follow it as closely as they could. Well, there are people like that. They want to get close to the behind in front of them and follow it as closely as they can. There's no independent thought. There's no independent maneuvering. And by the way, there are many uh, individuals in this world who are happy to accept them and to lead them uh, whatever harebrained screen those people have. So we have to talk about what is the modifying experience. What is it that changes this connection to the nafs without any interruption that leads you astray? What is the modifying experience and how does it occur and how can we instigate its occurrence and how do we become conscious of it and what is the effect of it in the understanding of consciousness when there is sense awareness and intellect uh, sense being cognition of sorts awareness becoming aware of cognition and intellect taking awareness and cognition and forming them into some kind of plan to accomplish something um, to get certain things done like finding shelter uh, getting food uh, supplying needs that we have the stage beyond intellect is called discrimination and discrimination comes into play after we have had a constant chasing of needs sufficing to fulfill them and finding no satisfaction in satisfying our needs because we notice that once they're satisfied they come up again in another section. They come up again in another area. They come up again in a different way. Now it's almost the same thing, but it's wearing a different mask. It's facing in a different direction, but it's almost entirely the same thing. And we personally begin to wonder, what's going on here? How did it happen? Why are we this way? It is the beginning of curiosity not about the world and how to get things done but about who we are and why we are that way and that's when we begin to look for modifying experiences now some people have found Valium as the modifying experience they, they, they're stressed out 
by the anxiety of the world. They're stressed out about the difficulty within the world. They're stressed out about what they do in the world, and they need relief. So they go to, I think the kinks called it Mother's Little Helper. And they, 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 take, they take that, and then it, what it does is, it, it actually takes your discrimination and puts it to rest. Because it puts everything to rest. Some people can't handle the stress of discrimination. They can't handle the stress of beginning to understand that things are a little out of control. And we don't know how to control them. But then there are some people who say, I want to find out what it is that's out of control, why it's out of control, and how to get it back under control as opposed to putting it to sleep. Most people are happy to put their difficulties to sleep through self-medication, which involves lust, alcohol, drugs, all of the things that put you to sleep. Well, some people want to stay awake and they want to figure out what it is that drives them, how they're driven, and how they can release themselves from this constant reiteration of the same kind of things through their lives. Well, each of us goes through this at a certain time in their life. I personally remember that I gave very little thought to anything like that until I was about 21 years old. Um, and it had to do with an experience that although not quite life and death, was pretty close to it. We were in the midst of a war, and this war was the kind where they drafted people into it, as opposed to you volunteering to get into it. And it caused a great upheaval in America because people didn't want to be drafted. People didn't want to be told what to do. Uh, the government has figured that out since, and they've learned that if they want to carry on wars, there's enough people who volunteer so that you can keep it out of the social uh, milieu, and you won't have as many demonstrations and objections because nobody's being forced. There are enough people who are happy to go. Well, uh, for the sake of honor, this is another story altogether, but by the way, there is no honor, there's only politics. Um, but when I was in that situation, it became apparent to me that I somehow had to escape uh, from what I was doing in order to find out why I was here and what I was here about. And I began to look in that direction. And I began to look and when I began to look, I noticed that in order to find answers to things, I would have to modify the way I acted. I would have to change the way I acted. 
I would have to change the things that I do, and I would have to do them in a different way. Now, fortunately for me, I found a mentor who knew about these ways to change and what they were all about. And he instructed me in them in sort of a one-on-one situation. Uh, Everyone should be fortunate enough uh, to find a mentor who can do that for them. But essentially, what the great teachers do is they modify behavior. Look at the Ten Commandments. What are the Ten Commandments about? Modifying behavior. And putting behavior into a sphere where it becomes the behavior that God intended for humanity. So, there is behavior that's appropriate and behavior that's inappropriate. Now, what happens is, as you begin this journey of trying to modify your own behavior because you begin to understand that there's a problem with your own behavior, you don't yet realize what the effects of appropriate behavior are upon you because you can't be what you're not. You can only talk about what you're not. And talking about what you're not may get you closer to trying to be what you should be, but it's not the same thing. So talk has to become action. And action brings about internal change and internal blossoming. However, it doesn't happen on your time. It happens in God's time. And for a lot of people, this is incredibly frustrating because they don't want to wait. So imagine um, a chickling trying to lay eggs. It can't. It doesn't have all it needs to lay eggs yet. There's time to come yet before it can do that. Um, Nothing is ready before it's time. And when it's time comes, you have to be ready. When it's ready for you to assume the mantle of appropriate behavior, you have to have the courage to do it. You have to have the courage to be able to act appropriately and to modify your behavior sufficiently so that you don't slip back into your crocodile tendencies. Now, how do you get a hold of that? How do you keep that in place? How do you move forward with that understanding? Well, first, understand everybody has those same tendencies. Understand everybody has all of those things inside of them. And understand that some people handle it better than others. And why can't you be one of the ones who handles it better than others? 
Here's why. Because you want the stuff that you have to stop doing. <laughs> and if you want the stuff that you have to stop doing, you can't be the new you. You are the old you with a mask of the new you. And this is called hypocrisy. You know there's something there. And it's, it's not like you're being a hypocrite on purpose. You're being a hypocrite because you can't help yourself. You haven't released yourself from that which you relish. You haven't released yourself from your lusts sufficiently to take on the new you. And once you discover this, a lot of things come up. You're ashamed. You're distressed. You're upset. You grieve over the things that you think you're losing. All because you don't recognize that what is coming over the hill is much greater than anything you've left behind. Of course, some people say, I thought that after a while you're supposed to start going down. And this is when you become frustrated because the hill seems to be getting higher and higher and higher and higher and you don't see the other side. Well, again, patience is the umbrella of God's throne. And things happen in God's time, not in our time. But it's so unfair. He's able to do this, and I'm not. Well, Allah, God, doesn't discriminate against people. He doesn't make something easier for one than easier for the other. You may think that it's easier for them, but you haven't stood in their shoes, and you don't realize they've gone through all the same crap you think you're going through, and maybe more. You just don't know. So stop looking at others and worrying about the way they've gone through it, Start looking at yourself and start modifying your own behavior. Start modifying yourself. Start accepting the fact that your only way is to work on you. Whatever work you do on anybody else isn't going to do you any good. It's very easy to see somebody else's faults and difficulties. It's very difficult to see our own faults and difficulties. We're a little too close to them, and we have this entire array of uh, self-protection mechanisms that work inside of us to stop us from feeling pain or to stop us from feeling uh, difficulty or to keep us in a grandiose image. Can we move to the place where we don't have to have an image of ourselves. That little man in our head who is us, that we keep combing his hair and brushing his teeth and putting clothes on him and trying to present him in a certain way to the world. Can we stop trying to present him? Can we just let it be? Can we just let ourselves be in the way of truth and in the way of reality without all of the constant thought about 
how am I presented? Who do I look like? What do I look like? It hasn't to do with any of those things. It has to do with what's my relationship with God? And until we can move to that area, that's where the real modification work goes on. What's my relationship with God? Can you sit by yourself in a quiet place and ask that question and work on that resolution? What's my relationship with God? How do I stand in my relationship with God? Is it about me or is it about Him? When anybody asked Bauer questions about his history, he would always say, it's not about my story. It's about his story. Well, in our life, is it about our story? Or is it about his story? Are we trying to add to the chapters of our biography? Or are we interested in his story? Are we interested in learning about him? Or are we interested in becoming bigger and bigger and bigger? Do we want to be the ones who try to swallow the world? Or do we want to be engulfed in God's love? What's the reward of swallowing the world? If you're sitting on top of the biggest throne in the world, and you rule the largest kingdom in the world, are your needs any different than the beggars? Is your lifetime any longer than the shoemakers? Is your ability to find peace any different than that of the tailor? What you have is more and more and more difficulties, more and more and more struggles, more and more and more eruptions that somehow you are in the midst of trying to control. Let's leave the kingdom that we're trying to create in this world and go to the kingdom that already has a king, God's kingdom. And let's become servants within that kingdom. Let's surrender to that rule, because that's the only true rule in this world, and that's the place where we can find peace. It's only when we leave this kingdom and go on to that kingdom. Remember, God is a king to a king. No matter how much you control, no matter how high you grow in this world, you still have to answer to him. The point being, the beggar also has to answer to him. So God doesn't ask anything different from the people in the world. He doesn't discriminate. His justice is the same for all. He doesn't ask anything more from the king 
Then he asks from the beggar. What does he want from the king? And what does he want from the beggar? Everything. And both of them have to give up everything. Now, he allows you, in his mercy, to play with the toys of the world. And he doesn't take them away from you, as long as you know how to handle them. He'll allow you to continue to play with them. But you have to understand the modification in your attitude towards things. I thought when I was young that uh, you shouldn't own property. So I went to Bawa and I said, uh, I have a family now, is it okay to buy a house? And he laughed at me. And he said, not only is it okay to buy a house, you better do it quickly because they're only getting more expensive. And anybody who's watched real estate values has noticed they become more and more expensive. We have to provide for our families. We have to live dignified lives. In other words, we shouldn't be living in hovels. We shouldn't be dirty. We should be respectable and dignified. And business is one of the ways that this world goes on. And jobs are things that we have. We should do them and take care of them. But our allegiance is not to our job and not to our wealth and not to our fame. Our allegiance is to our God. And this has to become real. And unless that allegiance can become real, then we are constantly going to fall back into that area where there is no modification between our lusts and our actions. So, if we want to change, if we want to become different, if we want to understand the world and conquer it, the way we conquer it is by ignoring it. The way we conquer it is by not being affected by it. There is hak, reality, and the dunya, the world. Now, the world certainly gives us examples of the truth and examples of Allah, and this is his creation, and we have to treat it gently and kindly. But we also have to understand the temporary nature of our stay within it. And if we devote ourselves to it, it says something about the nature of our eternality. If you want to be eternal, then devote yourself to that which is eternal. And that's the true modification that we have to do unto ourselves. Make believe you believe in the world, but really believe in God. Give unto the world what is due unto the world, but truly believe in God. Find, find your way towards the truth. Find your way towards reality. Modify your existence until you find peace. And don't give up. 
have the courage to continue, to continue, to continue, no matter what has tripped us up. Allah gives us another breath to begin again, and another breath to begin again. What's the purpose of all your breathing? To begin again, to begin again towards your trek towards Him. May He make that easy for all of us, and may He make it fruitful, and may He make it successful. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.